Hello, this is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris, bringing you your Tech Law 10 number 145. And I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Jonathan Armstrong at Quarterly. And Jonathan, I understand that you've been thinking about data privacy compliance, and you have some rather staggering statistics to share with us. So I turn it over to you, Jonathan. Well, thanks very much, Eric, and, and I do. And I want to take you a, a walk into the dark recesses of data protection, sort of privacy compliance. But I'll try and make it as, as, as painless as possible. So for those of you who don't already know, in some countries in Europe, there is an obligation before you collect personal data from an individual, whether that be on a website or face-to-face -face in a store or from an employee, to register with a government authority, a little bit like you know, the driver's license system in California where you have to register before you're allowed in a car. It's similar with uh, data protection. And we've always known, I think, that this uh, obligation wasn't followed by every corporation, and particularly those who aren't uh, based in the UK often think that they don't have to register or they're ignorant of the facts. And as a very general rule, if you have people, premises, or equipment in the UK, let's say, then you would have to register with the UK authorities. And some of the authorities in other countries have uh, interpreted the equipment bit very liberally. So in Spain, for example, putting a cookie on somebody's machine would count as having equipment in Spain and would trigger the equivalent uh, obligation to register in Spain. So uh, in the last couple of years, we've had an increase in enforcement for failure to register under the data protection legislation and admittedly a significant increase from a small base. So in 2014, the number of prosecutions for non-registration, which is a criminal offence by the way, tripled compared with 2012. And in 2014, there were prosecutions against both companies and actually three company directors were personally prosecuted and have criminal convictions against their name for failing to ensure that their companies, or companies that they were directors of, maintained their registration. So this is becoming more of a serious thing, particularly because there are quite often consequences. So for example, um, if I, I don't know, if I run a waste refuse service and I'm convicted of failure to uh, register under the Debt Protection Act, I would likely have to disclose that conviction, and it might mean that I have to close my waste business down if I don't pass what's called the fit and proper test because I've got convictions. So that in itself is quite a serious thing. But here's where I think the startling statistics uh, crop in. Uh, we uh, have been curious for some time as to how many people register under the Act but then fail to maintain their registration. Because like the Safe Harbor program for um, cross-Atlantic data transfers, this is a license you have to renew every year. It's not a perpetual license. 
And um, uh, uh, there are around about 370,000 people who've gone through this registration process in the UK on behalf of their company. But it didn't seem to us that there was ever any statistics in the public domain as to how many had forgotten to renew their registration. So we made an FOI request against the Data Protection Registrar, who runs the register, as you'd expect from his name. And I won't put you on the spot, Eric, and ask you how many you think failed to review over the last 46 months. This was the uh, figures that the ICO could be provided. But you might be staggered to know, in the last 46 months, more than 61,000 companies forgot to do their annual renewal. So I think that's a pretty stunning figure. And, and I know that um, estimates that, that you know, you'd seen almost um, uh, you know, anecdotally were that some people thought it might be two or 3,000 a year uh, would, uh, would drop. But that's obviously uh, not right at all. In January this year, for example, more than 2,000 businesses in January alone forgot to register, 2,388. And in February, the last month for which figures are available, three under 3,000, so 2,997 businesses forgot to renew. And, and this is a relatively painless process, and it's a, it's a relatively low-cost process. The registration fee for most businesses is only 35 pounds, about $50. So it's, it's not something that businesses, I think, are doing because um, you know, it's too expensive for them. But the issue that I think that we have going into this new tougher regime of European data protection that, that we're going to have in two or three years' time is if businesses have such a failure of process that they're forgetting to renew their license, what other failures have they got across the business? And when the level of fines goes up to 2 or 5% of global annual turnover for breaches for data protection, is this carelessness and lack of process going to, if not kill, then at least have a really severe financial impact on many corporations for something that's a really easy problem to fix. Uh, and I wondered if you had any US perspective on that, other than to say maybe that the process was overly bureaucratic in the first place. Well, first of all, the statistics you have there are very sobering. We've talked about the right to be forgotten before, but this is an area where you really do not want to forget. And if you have 61,000 companies forgetting to register or renew um, with the penalties you describe, that's incredibly problematical. You know, I'm not aware personally that we have such a, if you want to call it, bureaucratic registration process here in the United States. Uh, as we know, and I think we've talked about, Europe more jealously guards privacy than we do here in the U.S. You know, the European privacy regime is more opt-in, we're more opt-out. We tend, under our First Amendment, to be much more interested in protecting speech than privacy. Uh, although what's, it, what's very interesting to me, whenever Americans are surveyed, they always say, yes, privacy is fantastically important to them. 
but then they just give it away willy-nilly on the Internet without much thought. And I've always said that privacy is like oxygen. It's something you don't really notice until it's gone. And I think Europe is, in terms of its regulatory regime, is much more aware of privacy before it's gone and seeks to protect it. And it's very um, important for companies to make sure they're complying because, as you point out, uh, failure to comply on the privacy realm is going to end up being a big problem from a business standpoint uh, given the penalties. So that's, those are my two cents. I, when you asked me the question, how many companies would I predict it, I would have said in the thousands, but I would not have predicted as many as 61,000. That's a tremendous number, especially given that it's easy uh, bureaucratically yeah. to comply, at least from what you're telling us. And so these companies need to get on the ball. They need to have appropriate help uh, and guidance from those skilled in this particular um, area. Yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely right, and it's a, it's a, it's a, for most businesses, it's a really simple problem to cure, and yet, as I say, the uh, the risk of getting it wrong uh, is is pretty pretty huge, and uh, and I personally was amazed, and I guess I should credit my colleague uh, Andre Bywater, who's the the brains behind all of that, and has done the analysis on the um, on the figures, and it's uh, we'll we'll put it up on our website and in the tech uh, the Tech Law 10 um, LinkedIn area, so that people can look through the statistics year by year if they want, because it's uh, it is illuminating, I think. Well, and hopefully this is not the tip of the iceberg, because as you note, uh, if so many companies are not getting it right on something so simple, then it's not hard for the imagination to believe the possibility that they're getting it wrong where it becomes more complicated uh, in, from a regulatory compliance standpoint. So that's our sobering Tech Law 10 for today. I'm Eric Sinrod in sunny California. Uh, you can reach me at ejsinrod. Uh, at DwayneMorris.com. As you know, you can find us on the usual social media outlets, including LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I'm probably missing some. And I turn it back to Mr. Statistics himself, Jonathan Armstrong. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, I'm uh, uh, Jonathan.Armstrong at CaudryCompliance.com. You can, as I say, look at the statistics if you want on the news section of the Caudry website. That's www.CaudryCompliance.com slash news or also in the Tech Law 10 uh, uh, area of LinkedIn. Uh, as ever, we're interested in hearing from you on your views on things, particularly if you think there's anything that uh, the investigative powers of, of the two of us can, uh, can delve into as well. We're uh, always interested in, in, in getting unusual statistics like those that we've got this week. Uh, all that remains is to... Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to speaking to you again uh, in a week or so. Take care. Cheers.